Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. If you feel we provide a value to you, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, share, whatever it may be. And if you'd like for us to cover a specific topic, let us know in the comments or reach out to us through our website. Today, we have a very special guest, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. And we are live. Yona, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much, Gabe. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we were talking right before the show. It sounds like you've been on over 100 podcasts, which has to be some kind of world record. So I'm very happy to, uh, to have you on here. Um, to get us started, why don't you tell everybody you know, who you are, what you do, and how you got started in real estate in the first place? So, you know, Weiss, I'm, uh, you know, what's, what can I say? I, I actually spent probably about 15 years or so as a teacher. So really my passion is in teaching more than anything else. That led me to real estate because a teacher's salary does not pay the bills, basically. <laughs> and I was looking for something else. And, and real estate was just one of those things that I had a bunch of friends that were doing different stuff at some that were brokers, some that were investors, some that were owners, some were mortgage brokers. And I, I, I'd never really even talked to them about real estate, like ever. And I was like, well, there's so many people doing this. And it seems like an industry to get into if you don't want to have any real formal education. And I, I love, you know, what I did, but I hated school, right? I hated school. Yeah. I loved learning the process from actually doing things, right? So studying yep. on my own and, and you know picking stuff up, that I love, but having kind of like tests and formal things. But learning in the classroom as a teacher is totally different than learning as a student. And the teachers really, you learn more as a teacher than you do as a student in, in many ways. Um, so that being said, I set out to just learn everything I could about real estate from my friends. And I just like literally followed them around and like had one friend who wanted to teach me the entire like commercial financing, like mortgage business. And I, I literally, I sat with him every day for about eight months and just like worked with him, like what wow. he was doing. I just, you know, we, awesome. we made eight calls, months. we made, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like for a full-time job, but like every day, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, four or five times a week, not every day. But still it was, it was the point that I was consistently just sitting with him, going through the processes learning um, how you find potential, uh, you know, clients, how you contact banks, how you, you know, learn you know, to underwrite, et cetera. So and there, a lot of different things like that. So that was just one example. But I did a lot of different things in real estate business in general until I've, I stumbled upon this company, Madison Commercial Real Estate that I work for now, that they have a division a company, we're actually the largest national company that does cost segregation. And I was like, this is a cool kind of tool. And taxes was always like one of those things. And I think it's the way for a lot of people. It's just like, I don't want to touch that. Like, I don't know anything about it. And it's better that way because my accountant deals with that. And I don't need to, I hate numbers. And people kind of have this aversion to taxes, right? Yep. Yep. I was that way too. Until I started learning like how this relates to real estate and how as a real estate investor, you know, leveraging your knowledge of taxes can really be like the biggest game changer in your business 
possible. And so I started, you know, learning from the experts in our company who've been doing this for decades. And, um, you know, slowly but surely, I kind of took my teaching skills and brought that to the world, kind of integrated that into this cost segregation, which is like the most unbelievable tax advantage that real estate has to offer. Awesome. I love it. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to jump into that. You're absolutely right. Taxes. It's the thing. I mean, even for me, when I hear it, my brain just slowly shuts down, <laughs> but I know that I need to, I know that it's one of the most important things when it comes to real estate investing. So um, it's definitely important. I'm glad you're here. So just to kind of recap your story, it sounds like um, you were a teacher. Um, you were getting that teacher's salary. It wasn't quite cutting it for you. Um, so you, you know, you're a, you're a teacher at heart. And so you decided to go out and learn through the process of actually watching your friends who sounds like you had a lot of them out there in the real estate industry. Um, so you, yeah. you stuck with one for even eight months, which is that's impressive in and of itself, just <laughs> really being the shadow on the wall. Um, mm-hmm. And after after doing that for a while, you ended up at Madison spec. Um, and you have jumped into their cost segregation department and that is your bread and butter. That's where you're, uh, you're really shining. That's your, your expertise. Um, yeah. which brings us to today. And so what do you do today? What is your, uh, what is your activity during the day besides being on podcasts? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of my main daily activities is, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it for the past two years, I've been over a hundred podcasts, pretty much, you know like one a week, wow. at least in the many weeks that were many more than that. But no, really what I do is I, you know, I'm on the business development side of the company, which means I don't actually, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an engineer because consolidation requires both of those components, the accounting and the engineering component of the, um, of the process. So we have experts, we have the real, you know, people that do that in our company. I you know, run the business development, which means I'm reaching out to new clients. I'm really doing a lot of education. So podcasting, doing webinars, just kind of educating people about this because it really, in the end of the day, the reason why a lot of people don't use this process is just because they don't know what it is. Yep. They don't understand it. And, and, and accountants themselves, CPAs themselves are not, since they can't do this, it requires the engineers, they are not they're not proactive enough in most cases to even tell their clients about this. Awesome. I love it. So, I mean, let's just jump into the meat of it. Um, cost segregation, honestly, I mean, I don't know if this kind of shows um, where I am in my journey, but uh, after watching the YouTube video that you were on, you know, some podcasts in the past, that was the first time I've heard of cost segregation. Um, yeah. I, I, it's not a thing that I'm familiar with, but you know, I watched your video. I looked at your uh, website, um, jonahweiss.com, if anybody wants to check it out. Um, and it kind of got me thinking about what it is and how, how it benefits um, real estate investors. So kind of take yeah. us through the process. What is cost segregation? Who is it, um, who is it useful for? And, and who should be jumping in on that? Great. So I'll turn the questions around just so that anyone who's listening can kind of understand this. And part of the reason, you know, it's really relegated for more people who have larger real estate holdings. And it used to be, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, just for like large corporations and people with like huge, you know, multi, you know, multi, multi-million dollar portfolios and things like that. Now it's, it's still to a certain extent, and we'll get to why this is when we explain what conservation is, but usually for people who have holdings of real estate, at least over half a million dollars. Um, and we'll see that because why the numbers actually make sense. 
over that point, which is probably why a lot of people who are in real estate investing don't know about this because a lot of people start out small or start out with single families and yeah. this really is not relevant to them. Yeah. So and half a million. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm from the Seattle area. That's actually not, mm-hmm. not very much. That's one house. <laughs> right. And so, that's true. yeah. Yeah. But how many people in the Seattle area who are investing in real estate actually invest in Seattle? That's true. That's true. Because, you know, people who are starting out small and, you know, I've spoken to hundreds, hundreds of real estate investors and many of them, started out with, you know, single families, you know, talking about fix and flips or, or whether it be, you know, small buy and hold properties or small multifamily properties where you can buy in certain places in, in, in America, you know, certain states you can buy a nice size, you know, an eight unit building for, for $300,000, right? Yep. Absolutely. So it, it's still not necessarily going to be relevant to them because we're, as we're going to see, it really has very much to do with what's the purchase price. What's that value of that property? Okay. Um, so, so that's why, so just as a preface, if this is you, okay, then keep listening with an intentive ear because it's going to be relevant right now. If this is not you yet, you still want to make sure you're paying attention because this probably will be you if you keep at it in a year or two, if not less. Um, but it's unfortunate that a lot of people who have smaller properties don't even, never heard of it because it's just not something relevant to them. It's always important to educate yourself and to learn all the strategies that are, you know, there, but obviously, you know, most people are focused on their bottom line more than anything else. Right. So you want to take care of what's going to be relevant for me right now more than, okay, that's not going to be relevant for me for a year or two from now, but understand this well, because once you get what this tool is, know how to use it, this will literally scale your business, um, you know, much faster, accelerate it much faster. So what is cost? segregation, right? A weird name. Okay. We don't want anything to do with segregation at (laughs) all, but this is a tax tool. Okay. And it's based on depreciation. It was really like, it's like an advanced form of depreciation now. So let's take a step back. What's depreciation, right? This is a tax uh, deduction that you get when you buy a property. Okay. As long as you're not your personal residence, your business property, investment property, you now get to take a tax write-off, literally of the entire value of your property. Okay, you buy a building for a million dollars, guess what? Now you get to actually literally, literally take an income tax deduction of a million dollars, but not all at once, okay? So right. don't get too excited. It actually split up over a 27-year period, 27 and a half year periods to be more specific, or 39 for commercial properties, excluding multifamily. You now have to, you get to take this deduction called depreciation, which says, yes, things go down in value as time goes on. Well, not exactly. It's based on that principle, but in truth, right, it's, it's theoretical, okay? Things do go down in value as time goes on, and that's what depreciation is based on, that principle, but it's not really true when it, it comes to real estate, right? Real estate is going up in value as time is going on. It's the only type of investment that intrinsically is going up in value as time goes on. Because you can't make more land. (laughs) You can't make more land. That's right. Which Which is incredible. Nevertheless, the IRS says the day that you buy a property, you now get to start this calendar of 27 and a half years over, okay, from day one. And now you get 27 and a half years to write off, you know, income tax write off this property. So the first thing you do is you, you, allocate a certain amount to land because land does not depreciate. But whatever's left 
does get depreciated and therefore you can take a tax write-off of that value. So let's just give a simple example. Million dollar building, and I'm using million dollars because again, as you'll see in the numbers, you'll see how much benefit there that is. If you divide that by 10, we're doing a $100,000 property, you'll see how little benefit there is. Okay, which brings me back to the, the point I made at the beginning, which is it's really more beneficial. Yeah, for, for bigger properties. The bigger the property there is, proportionally the bigger value there is in the cost segregation. Gotcha. Um, so of that remainder, okay, you allocate a certain amount to land, 20%, let's say. $800,000 is left, okay? 800,000 out of a million, 80%, 20% to land. Of that $800,000, normally what your accountant would do is take depreciation of the whole amount and literally divide that by 27 and a half and you get that amount as a tax deduction from your income tax. Okay, we're talking income tax deduction right away. So So $29,000 a year. Exactly. So what happens? You made $50,000 from your property, your net operating income this year. Immediately you deduct $29,000 and you're left with paying taxes on the remaining $21,000. Pretty good deal, right? You're only paying taxes on a much lesser amount. Cost segregation, as we'll see shortly how it works, the mechanics, is a way to actually reduce that to zero. Okay, so you hmm. have $50,000 you make and $50,000 you keep, meaning you don't pay taxes on it. So it, it comes into play after the depreciation that you take from the purchase of the property. Right. Well, really what happens is depreciation is split up into many categories. And that's, my friend, what cost segregation is. We're segregating out the cost of the building into different categories, which actually depreciate on faster schedules. So let's break it down. You have the building and you have the main structure of the building. And structural components include stuff like the walls, the roof, the floor, windows, doors, basically anything that's integral to a building you can't have a building without this, okay? So toilets, right? Things that are main plumbing, main electric, you can't have a property function without this. Anything else that's in the property that's considered quote unquote personal property, and this is IRS terminology, is depreciated on a five-year schedule, which means anything like carpeting, furniture, appliances. Interesting. Yeah, cabinets, fixtures, right? Window treatments. Yeah, anything that's not literally structural, all of the value of those things can be depreciated, meaning you can take as a tax write-off that value over a five-year period, okay? Huh. Okay. So in a multifamily property, very often it's around 20%, okay, give or take, and each property is different, but around 20% of your building value, again, $800,000 of the million-dollar purchase price, right? 20% to land, 200000 to land, and 20% of the remaining $800,000, that means is, is in that five-year property, in those assets of the carpeting and the fixtures and the furniture and all that stuff. So in the first five years, instead of taking a $29,000 deduction every single year, in those first five years, you get an extra $160,000, right? Which that $160,000 is going to be added to your $29,000. And guess what? And those first five years, you're not going to, you're basically taking, uh, yeah, you're doubling, if not more, your, your tax deductions. Huh. Interesting. So, and so that's just one example you said. So basically cost segregation is divvying out the different aspects of your property. Um, and then 
applying different tax structures to the, those aspects and, you know, reaping the benefits of those versus just taking them all in one chunk, which is what most um, real estate investors do. They just take the, the 29 year, um, you know, uh, deduction over the 29, year, 29 years and they don't reap the additional benefits um, that a cost aggregation study would bring them. Does that kind of mm-hmm. sound right? Yeah, pretty more or less because yeah, exactly. The IRS and believe it or not, this is the preferred method or the accurate method of actually depreciating your property is doing the, a cost aggregation study. And according to the tax code that each item in your building actually has a different tax life to it, which means you should be depreciating it at that schedule. So your carpeting, you should be taking as a tax write-off over a five-year period. But unless you do a conservation study, which requires an engineer to actually come to the property, identify what everything is there, literally breaking down to, you know, what's the square footage of the carpeting? How many fixtures are there? How many, you know, cabinets are there? Literally everything, every square footage of the property with, um, with, a very detailed report, uh, you know, with, with, you know, calculations and assets, you know, whole numbering system and a whole, it's a lot of hoops to jump through, but doing that, that study, which is exactly what our company does, you're able to now claim, like you said, claim those deductions at a faster rate. And therefore, which again is the proper way to do this according to the tax code and then get your, um, get your tax benefits, get those tax deductions now in the early years. We're front loading. Again, we're not creating deductions out of thin air, but what we're doing is utilizing those tax deductions to your benefit so that you can pay less taxes now when you need it, as opposed to worrying about it, you know, sometime in the future when I may need them or I may not need them. It's using your, you know, the leverage of your own taxes um, for your benefit. Awesome. Okay. So a couple of questions pop up into my mind. Yeah. Um, the first one is, does this, is this only applicable to people who have recently within the last year purchased a property? Um, if you purchased a property five years ago, um, is this still relevant? It's, is it still something that you would be doing at that point or? Yeah. Excellent question. It's something you can do actually retroactively. You do not actually need to do this in the first year of acquisition. If you were depreciating your property, and what happens with many people is that they take a tax, right? They accountant sets up their depreciation in the straight, what's called the straight line method, taking mm-hmm. that entire amount over 27 and a half year period. Yep. Now, once you do that, you know, you've established that in your tax, in your tax form, in your tax returns, right? You don't actually need to go back and amend any of your tax returns. All you need to do is file a, a form which is called the 3115, 3115 form, which is a change of accounting method. In doing this, you now can tell the IRS, I was using that method, straight line, but now from 2020 forward, I'm going to be using a different method, which is called the cost segregation method. And now I can get retroactively, I can make an adjustment, not amendment. I don't need to amend any tax returns. I can just make an adjustment of all the depreciation I missed from the past five years that I should have taken had I done it this way. And so now in this year, I can get a huge tax deduction this year, uh, which, which is really beneficial. It's like getting a big bonus um, awesome. of, of tax deductions all in one year. 
So if, if Joe listener, um, you know, he bought a million dollar property six years ago. Um, he's been doing the straight line, straight line method ever since, um, because that's what his, you know, his accountant or his uh, CPA told him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's listening to this podcast. He, he figures out, you know, about cost segregation. So he can go to a CPA and say, we need to file a 3115 form. Um, I want to do cost segregation. Um, so Joe can still retroactively get, gain the benefits of cost segregation going forward. Correct. Now his accountant might turn around and be like, uh, I've never filled out a 3115 form and it'll go to the IRS website and it has instructions of how to fill it like any tax form, but it'll say it should take you somewhere between six to eight hours to fill this form out. And the accountant's <laughs> going to be like, it's not worth it to do the cost segregation. You're not going to get anything from it. This happens way too often. So one of the things we do as a firm, Madison Specs, again, we're the largest national company that does this. We do that form for you for no extra charge just because we do them every single day. Right? And so it's something that for us, it takes uh, you know a few minutes or whatever to, to do. We have the system in place. So it's not a big deal. So go back to your accountant, Joe, and say, they do the 3115 for you. And the accountant's <laughs> like, whoa, okay, cool. Do it. Sounds good. Awesome. So that, that's actually a solution is uh, <laughs> get away from the accountant, go to uh, Madison Specs. I like right. It. We're not an accounting firm, which is great. We're not trying to sell any other services. We're not filing any taxes. All we, and we work with your accountants. We want to make sure everyone's happy. All we do is make your accountant look like a rock star because we give you all these tax benefits. And that's all we do. We do cost segregation and that's it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So the other question that I had, um, you mentioned 500,000 Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is not, that's for your portfolio, correct? It's not five hundred thousand for an individual property. Um, it's five hundred thousand across your portfolio. So I would actually look at it more like five hundred thousand per property, and I'll show okay. you why. Okay. So when we're, again, when we take our our example, we take our five hundred. Let's do five hundred thousand. We did a million before, but we'll we'll do five hundred thousand just to to make it kind of drive home a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll just divide everything by half in half. We had 500,000 instead of 200,000 to lend, it's 100,000 to lend, right? Okay. Yep. You're left with 400,000 your basis. You're taking 20% to five-year property instead of 160, you got 80,000 of extra deductions over five years. Okay, okay but 80,000 over five years is not a tremendous amount. What is that? It's like $18,000, uh, $16,000 of extra depreciation a year, mm-hmm. right? So on top yep. of your regular, you know, in this case, instead of 21,000, be 11,500, right? 11,000, uh, 10 excuse me. So you're getting an extra 16,000 a year. That's great. But again, to do this, this is a service, right? You have to pay a certain amount. Yep. We don't, we don't charge on a contingency basis, not based on how much tax savings you get. It's a one-time flat fee. The fee is going to be exactly the same fee. If you have a $500,000 building or a million dollar or gotcha. $2 million or a $5 million building. So your tax benefits, again, what we're doing is creating these deductions, these deductions are going to benefit you in a way that you're paying less taxes. But if you do the math, you're actually, there's a net present value to that, which means, yes, you're paying less taxes, but you're not getting this $16,000 a year of refund money. What you're doing is just lowering your taxable liability. If you're in a 25% tax rate, you know, that's an extra, if you look at it that way, it's an extra $4,000 a year. Gotcha. Right? Okay. 16,000, you know, 25% of that, you're getting that. So will you pay a few thousand dollars, let's say three, $4,000 to do a study, which is, you know, what, what the price would be for a minimum type price to get a $4,000 
you know, benefit. So again, at a $500,000 tax rate or not tax rate, property price, purchase price, that's what you're looking at. Your net present value is going to be significantly less. And as you multiply the cost of the building, right? Think about a $10 million building instead of a, you know, 200,000, you're talking about a $2 million, you know, deduction, which I mentioned in the first five years, there's a new tax law now, it's called bonus depreciation that you can take the entire amount in the first year. So literally you can take, you know, all of that accelerated depreciation as a first year tax deduction. That can still make sense for smaller properties, by the way, which is the one exception where it might work and might be beneficial for small properties. But this study needs to be done on a property by property basis. Yep. Um, in, unless, unless the properties were bought as a portfolio and you are depreciating them as a portfolio. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, okay. So which is not... Bought, yep, if I bought, you know, 10 houses in Cleveland um, with a total value of, you know, $600,000, $600, then in that point, because they're being, you know, seen from the tax perspective as a portfolio and not as, you know, individual properties, then, right. that, then it makes sense. Otherwise, as an individual property, it only makes sense um, once you hit about the $500,000 mark due to just the cost of the, of the cost segregation study itself. Yeah. And, and it might in the future, you know, go down, it might be less, you know, we're developing technologies right now that are going to make it much more cost affordable in the future for, um, you know, to even do on smaller properties. So instead of maybe $3,000, $5,000 fee, it might, you know, be, that might be cut into a, you know, a half or a fraction of that, which would therefore open up the market to a, a large, a much larger market. Awesome. I love it. Well then, uh, if somebody wanted to do this, where where do they go? How do they uh, how do they get this cost segregation done? The first thing is, you know, we reach out to a firm like ours, Madison Specs. You can reach out to me, like you said, YonaWeiss.com. You can go to our website. You can email me, whatever. Find me on LinkedIn. That's where Gabe found me. Very active there. We always run a free analysis, which means we will, without having to go to the property, we'll look at the property. And we'll look at numbers. And we'll look at certain data about your building we'll be able to tell based on that information, what your potential tax savings are going to be. And it's not just like throwing out a number and like, maybe we're going to be off if we do the full study. This is like the bottom line, minimum deductions, you know, you're going to get if you do a full study, which we do this as an educational piece that you can see, choose, you know, decide for yourself. Does this make sense for me? Does it not? So the first step is always reach out, get that free estimate. It's very informative. It just shows you, if I do a full study, this is going to be my, my tax benefit here. Does it make sense? Does it not make sense? That's it. You can show it to your accountant. You can discuss it. You can see with your partners, investors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the first thing you do from there. You know, we, like I said, we always send an engineer to the property. Um, although now with social distancing and uh, travel restrictions and things like that, we've developed some, you know, to a virtual site tour where we're doing it, um, through technology and doing with uh, you know video recording with on site like manager everybody else, yeah. exactly and you know I think part of being the biggest company that's doing this we have to adapt you know we have such a large volume of clientele you know we did over two thousand eight hundred studies last year alone so you know we have a large volume we need to keep up with the time we we couldn't possibly do that if we still you know with the travel restrictions in place we need to keep up with the times. 
Absolutely. Awesome. So, um, free estimates. I love that. So if somebody wanted to, you know, if they have a $500,000 million dollar property that they want to um, reap the benefits of cost segregation with, um, they go to yonawice.com. You can help them out. Um, you get free, um, estimates on that, which is, which is great. Um, and you're even doing it now. Um, the one other question, it sounds like, uh, you don't have geographic restrictions. This is anywhere in the U S correct? Correct. Yeah. We're in all 50 States. Awesome. I love it. Well, that is great. I love, uh, I'm glad I uh, was able to learn a little bit about cost segregation. Um, I have, we're actually in the process of buying a, an $800,000 property coming up soon. So um, I'm, glad, I'm glad I had you on here. I'm probably gonna have to reach out for that free estimate. Um, with every episode of the podcast, we always ask a few other questions. So I'm going to move us along. Let's we're going to um, step off of cost segregation for a second. I know that you also invest in properties yourself. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. Um, so we all know real estate is a roller coaster, goes up, goes down. You got your, your peaks, your valleys. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are. You're always going to experience lows. You're going to experience highs. Um, so take us to one of the the valleys that you've experienced. Um, one of the hard periods that you've experienced in your own investing and tell us the best lesson that you learned from that experience. You know, I'm just going back. I think, uh, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I dabbled in a bunch of different things. One of those things was fix and flips, ah, yep. okay? <laughs> which, which, you know, for anyone who's dabbled in that and didn't stick it out the long, long haul is probably one reason and one reason only because it failed yep. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> everyone fails. Right. right. Um, it was, you know, and I, I had a partner and he was really running, running the show. Like I said, I was just kind of getting my feet wet, just learning how to do it. But nevertheless, I, you know, I got hit from it and I definitely learned my lessons from it, which was, you know, we had a contractor that we hired to do a property and in the middle, obviously things, some, for whatever reason, things changed from what we had originally discussed, hadn't put in writing. And then there's always change orders and there's things that are happening that the prices is, is long, you know, is the investment is a lot more than you actually had originally expected it to be. And the turnaround time is really up in the air. We literally had a property that sat on the market for a year Oof. without, without being sold. Yeah. Okay. Which carrying you know, when costs you're talking carrying. about, yeah, the carrying costs and you're talking about, you know, we had originally we had a loan on it. And so you, we, we ended up losing money on this deal. Um, so, you know, you going in with this great business plan and all things being considered and, you know, being as conservative as possible with the numbers, but you still have a business plan that, after all is said and done, we'll keep it on the market. And within three months, it's going to get sold, right? Right. No, it didn't happen. So that was a big, big hit, a big loss, big learning experience. And, and that's why I probably will never do a fix and flip <laughs> ever again. You, you and me <laughs> both, my friend. I, uh, I did fix and flips. Um, I did three of them to start out. And that was, uh, that was it. Three was uh, three was my number, but um, I'm glad you learned that lesson. It sounds like uh, so get everything in writing. It sounds like that was one of the big things there. Um, contractors, if uh, for all you fix and flippers out there, we love you. Um, you guys got more cojones than uh, than myself. Um, but contractors can be the biggest you know hair in your in your entire thing. Um, so make sure you get people you trust and make sure you get things in writing. Um, yeah. If you know a handshake is not going to work. Um, especially when you're, when you're talking about contractors, cause they're the ones that really carry the, uh, carry the value into the property. So glad you came out the other side. Um, <laughs> glad to have you here. So now that was your low point. Take us to the top. Um, you know, we, 
we're all in real estate for a reason, one reason or the other. Um, you're still here. You're still loving it. What gets you out of bed? Um, why are you still in real estate? You know, I love networking. I love the fact that you can literally meet anyone around the country doing anything. And because of the business model that I've kind of created for myself, which is through social media, being a very big value add, you know, providing a lot of content, making a lot of connections to to people, um, not to people, making connections among other people. Like I'll try to introduce people all the time, just just throwing it out there and connecting all kinds of people within my network. And I think that's been the biggest value add to me because it, I can literally go to anyone that I know, you know, it doesn't matter how big they are. And thank God, because our businesses, we have a lot of, like I said, 2,800 last year alone, we have a lot of very, very big, big players in the real estate game that we work with uh, around the country. So that, you know, that's a, that's a huge they say that your network is your net worth. Um, yeah, that's huge. I literally started, got my feet wet in multifamily investing recently. You know, okay. large, larger multifamily kind of, I wouldn't say syndication, but kind of, kind of deals where with, with a couple of partners. And because of the value that I have been, you know, constantly providing for people, my network for the past couple of years, I literally just reached out to, to a bunch of people. I needed, you know, I was looking for an, a, uh, a partner looking for someone who would maybe co-sign a loan. I didn't have the net worth and you need, you know, buy a $10 million building. You need a net worth of someone who has that, you know, didn't work for me. So I literally was, that, that was a high point for me. I reached out and I literally got such a response from so many people that they would be willing to do that without ever having, you know, literally worked with me um, in that regard. So that's, to me, that was the highest point. It's not about the money. It, it was about just the feeling of accomplishment that, you know, he, you know, they say your network is your net worth. It's so tr- It's really true. Absolutely. I, I felt that. And, uh, and I mean, you're not the first person to, to say that, um, real estate. I mean, I, I can say it every single episode. It's about relationships. Um, not only is that what makes you successful, it's also what, you know, what, that is the benefit of it. It's, it's such a networking game. It's such a, a relationship based game, um, that, you know, it, it, it does it just brings you so much it brings me a lot of satisfaction um and you as well knowing that you there's people out there that you can benefit benefit give benefit to and benefit from um and so relationships really are what brings people together and that's what uh, gets me out of bed for this too so i'm glad uh, <laughs> glad you're on the same page there um moving on one uh, one little thing we try to keep this to around 20 to 25 minutes i've been uh, been trying to be a little bit more strict on this um but to close us out, um, we all have habits that contribute to our success. Um, you know, everybody's different, but we all have these common things that really contribute to what gets, you know, what brings us the most benefit in our businesses. Um, so tell us what is the one thing that you do on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, whatever it may be that you feel brings the most, um, benefit to you and your business podcasting. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good one, but I wouldn't even say that that's like the number one. I say the, the number one thing would be, um, which is really connected to what I said before. I, I literally go out of my way to connect people um, every day. I try to go out of my way to connect people. So it, you may be considered like helping people. And I look at it like helping people. Like I love to help people. I love whatever I can do. And I'm, you know, I'm not, don't take me for, for a fool. Like I, I know who to help and, and when to help. And I definitely have my limitations doing that. But that being said, 
I go out of my way to try to make at least one introduction every single day um, to other people. So that's, I love it. that's helped me. And it's come back, it's come back tenfold. I can tell you that honestly. Awesome. I love it. Introductions. It is. And uh, it's such a simple thing because you can do it over email. Um, you can do it on social media. Um, it doesn't have to be over the phone call though. Phone, phone calls are the best or in person. Um, but it is a, I mean, I agree. It is such a underutilized or underappreciated um, method and, you know, habit that you can get into to really uh, grow your business and just grow yeah. your satisfaction with what you're doing. Um, awesome. Yona, thank you very much for being on. I know I can speak for everybody listening and watching that we appreciated the wisdom that you shared with us today about cost segregation. Um, you've already answered the question. The next question I ask is where can people reach you? Um, YonaWeiss.com. Um, go there if you want to learn more about cost segregation or hire a Madison Speck to do a cost segregation study for your own property. Um, I will also put Yona's uh, LinkedIn um, profile in the comments. So if you want to check there, click through, um, you know, reach out, message Yona, and he can, uh, he can take you from there. Um, so again, Yona, thank you very much. And for everybody listening and watching, we look forward to having you guys on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share it with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.